the star, the star, the star. Yeah, yeah, y'all already know, y'all already know. Seven the pants, seven the pants. That dude fears on the fears on the feet. Yeah, yeah. We live in entertainment, entertainment. Sound change, sound change, sound Crown the king, crown the king, homie. This is where it get ill. About to have a tip off live as a tip drill. From the court to the diamond to the track to the big skin flying round the fields. Hard and five forever keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, teams and all seeds, they taking no shorts. So hot the depth. Oh, yes, these other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. This market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. No matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window. They analyze it with clear thoughts, clear thoughts. They take it way deeper than the boys ever for. No longer got any use for the four letters The latest news, score stats in the view from the sideline Ain't no guideline, it's just the truth, just the truth yeah. No need to dig for a part in line It's always in season if people start five, start five. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get We got what you we need, what you need. the sports news you see We don't waste time, we talking cause we live it. We got what you we need, got what you yeah. need. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get We got what you we need, got what you need. And y'all know me, seven sign, I'm the illest cat stick. I got what you need. I got what you need. I got what I need. What I need. I gotta get a regular mayor's office intro. <laughs> you know what I was gonna say before you even start the show? You just so cut I out. miss that old joint, man. I miss that old joint that you used to have. The original, the, the first one. The we first got theme from. that you had. Shout outs to Benz and uh and Bunchy, Seven the Panther. They lace us every few years or so with the dope intros, man. Thank you to those brothers there. No, but um, dope, yeah, we here. Another episode of the mayor's office. If y'all haven't realized, kind of get most inspired now because around professional wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever the fuck you want to call it these days. I think the WWE is kind of blurring those lines of I don't know what the fuck to think of the product anymore. But to kind of figure that out, plus to go over an amazing week of professional entertainment or sports wrestling, however you want to call it. I got my homie with me from the Everything Podcast. I got to get like B-Rob and try to start figuring out how to point to the screen. Yeah, I don't know how he does all that weirdo shit. But uh, this is your boy from BX here. Happy to be on the mayor's office to talk some uh, professional wrestling talk. Yeah. And, I mean, what a great week. I, I First and foremost, let's just say, despite, especially despite what us two felt about SummerSlam, which I listened to, if you, if you right. haven't, if you're not a fan yet, go be a fan. Go listen to the Everything Podcast. Subscribe. He just did the wrestling... The everything WrestleCast just almost immediately after SummerSlam was over, like, like, like it was like almost crackhead itches, like just got out of them and, and, and put this shit on wax. And yeah, I didn't. You, you know what? You didn't even go in on it as hard as I expected you to. Right, and it was because I honestly I didn't like when I watched it after the after the Bianca. Thing, I was just fucking. I was 
done with the yeah, show. Like, yeah. like I was, whoa, those circles on my screen showed up while I was in the middle of that. Anyway, we, uh, like I said, when I was, I was pretty much done after the Bianca situation, which we could get into a little more a little later if you want. And I was just done with the show. Like I was done. I was on such a high with CM Punk on Friday that I was just happy to be watching. And even the Ring of Honor had a fantastic show on, I believe it was Thursday night that I ended up watching. So it was a great week. And then that shit happened with Bianca. And it was just kind of like, I was so deflated that by the end of the show, I was just kind of mad, you know? I was I was mad, honestly. Yeah. And then luckily for me, I ran out of, basically I ran out of time to where I could record the show because I was gonna record the show like directly after the show. Uh, but I wanted to write out the matches and all that. I wanted to try and take a take from uh, another podcast I listened to where he actually breaks down each match. And I wanted to see if I could do it. So it took me longer to get it done. And I think that was a benefit to me because it, it kind of let me, because my problem is that it seems like a lot of people are, because right now there's a lot of tribalism with wrestling. Everybody's either a this guy or a that guy. And I think that's dumb. I like wrestling. I like watching Impact. I like watching Ring of Honor. I like watching WWE, even though the product's not that great. Uh, and I enjoy watching AEW. That's what I like to watch. I like to watch wrestling. So I'm not simping for any company. So I know sometimes it seems like when I do these wrestlecasts or on Twitter or whatever, I'm shitting on WWE. That's not the case. It's just that they're doing a lot of dumb shit. And I'm going to call out dumb shit. I call out dumb shit in AEW all the time. Their women's division is not up to par. They got way too much comedy bullshit. And there's way too many dies. And there's way too many kickouts. I talk about that all the time. But when it comes to WWE, they are the kings of shit right now. So it seems like, you know, you kind of end up crapping on them all the time. But I'm glad I got a little extra time in so that it, I could actually focus on the matches that were good and not. Because they did have some good matches on that show. So I didn't want to completely shit on it. Yeah, that they did. And and I agree with you on the tribalism aspect of things. Now, I, like you, like I, I try to watch what I can but I'll be honest, I've been more of the AEW guy. Reason being, there's more pro wrestling there. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's a fresher product. It relates back to more of what I liked, what we, what I, what we came up on. And let's, let's be honest, like, you know, we as wrestling fans, for the most part, lifelong wrestling fans, even though we might not have had uh, a shot in the business we've been watching the product long enough to be a little bit critical with understanding of what we're watching and what we're seeing and and all all, all of that stuff like i'll pull my daughter in my middle daughter danielle who anytime there's a woman's match on like i'll get her to sit and watch and she'll sit still and watch and be entertained and be very entertained. Like I found it a great moment WrestleMania this year with the Sasha and 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 Bianca match, and they sat there was fully in tune, fully locked in and engaged on what was going on. And I was just like, just pay attention to this. Like this is history you're seeing right here. And and I, I as I got older watching wrestling, like I see seem to be able to break down the sport even better too. 
Like I, I, I see what's going on. I see where certain things are being called. I can see where, you know, uh, certain moves were botched, this, that, and the third. I can actually read the story within the match a lot better than when it was just, I just want to see somebody get fucked up error. Or <laughs> I just want to see the guy in the face paint. Yeah, like, you right, know, I want right, 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 to see right. the role wars. And, and that's the evolution and journey that, that it kind of takes you on from when you watch it from young to as you get older, depending on what you like. Now, again, the tribalism thing, it is what it is. It's, you know, there's haters and everything. There's haters and everything. It's going to be what it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know. But like I said, right now for yep. me, AEW has been the thing for me. But because it's been the new product and the the shinier new product that has been a great alternative, I like unlike you, I still can't get into impact. I still can't. It just has still has that TNA stench on me, even though there's a lot of people over there. Right. I, I like, I like it's, I like not Jordan easy. it's not easy. Yeah. With with impact, it's to me, it's not easy. You know, I like Tommy Dreamer. I like Impact. I mean, uh, uh, Jordan Grace. I like Moose. You know, I, I know who some of the people are. Like, and and I'll have my likes towards them, but I'll just go look up a match over while trying to find a stream to watch the whole show. But it's the WWE. Yeah, it is, and it's a, that's another thing. Impact, when I say it's not easy, Impact does not make it easy to watch their show. Not at all. Not at all. And they just changed their service to where now you got to pay a dollar a month or like, something like that. To, to get in and watch now yeah you would you would think that um they would come up with a service like honor club or something or, or come up with an app where you just subscribe to the impact app and watch their show because that's what ring of honor does i watch ring of honor on the fight app and um i pay for the honor club because it's it's 10 bucks and it's for me it's worth it because i like their pay-per-views and i like watching their old pay-per-views um so whenever they have a show it's turn on the fight app but that, that shit's on my smart TV, press play, and I've never had a problem. Like, that shit just works. So I, I don't see why they don't do something like that. Yeah, and I, I, I guess we got to blame the Sinclair Network for that, but, hey, they, they're a billion-dollar network that... I mean, actually, I think- now that I think about it, I think they do have Impact Plus, but it's... Uh, the way I watch Impact is I watch it on Twitch because they, they put it on there for free. So okay. I'm not going to I like I enjoy watching Impact, but I'm not they're not at a point where I think I want to pay for their service because it's not, it's like not totally there, television, but I do enjoy I mean, watching it. Right. It's you don't have it as appointment television yet. Nah, and nah, it's when I can watch it, I watch it. Right, right. But I mean, the point, though, with the tribalism thing is it's like it's there. It shouldn't be there if you are a fan of professional wrestling, if you are a fan of even just the sports entertainment aspect of it. But it, it comes it's been coming to a point, in my personal opinion, that when it comes to it's like the WWE faithful shit on everything that is not WWE while still shitting on the product that they love the most, which is confusing. It's confusing as hell. Yeah. And I look at it like if you love professional wrestling, like wouldn't it behoove you to not try to go seek out other things? Yeah, it's it's just I get actually I don't get I don't get these people who 
like again, I know you're not on Twitter because you hate Twitter. That's been well documented. You're not a fan of Twitter. I like being on there. Be- yeah, exactly. I like being on there because I've met a few cool people on there, and it's where I get like the bulk of my information, whether it's political or otherwise, or breaking news or any of that. So I, f- I fuck with Twitter. Um, I-, I might not enjoy it, but I do fuck with it. And bro, on there, it's like. You have to make it a point to avoid, like I, just now I was about, I was sending this response to this random dude cause he like tried me and I'm sitting here typing all this shit up and I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I just like closed it out and erased what I was writing. I was like, why am I fighting with this guy? Like he's a, he's clearly a WWE simp. Like he's just, it's WWE or nothing. And it's like, uh, why am I even going to bother responding? Cause there's no, there's no point. It's just I don't get those people who do that with just one company like that. It's like they're not putting money in your pocket, bro. They're not paying your rent. Like, why are you so invested in this shit? Like, just you can enjoy different products. You don't have to pick one. Like, it's all there for you. Like, I don't I don't get that shit. Right. Like, for, like, for instance, before we start to dive in where we where we're going to go. I, I got to share this. Let me pull this up on the screen. And it was, it's a quote from Booker T. And talking about being like the quote unquote apologist. And, and always, uh, you know, everything, everything uh, uh, WWE, just it, it, everything has to be WWE. He went in on the CM Punk uh, re- return back to professional wrestling and debut in AEW. And it says, in quotes, CM Punk came back and he had 10 full minutes to go out there and make his point as far as CM Punk being back. He had the perfect crowd to be able to go out there and really, I'm talking about, have a party up in that United Center. But CM Punk came back and took his moment and chose to talk about WWE. That right there was just a total miss. As far as I'm concerned, he struck out for me. It was the same promo that was given in the WWE. It was about WWE. It had nothing meaningful to it as far as what I'm going to create, who I'm going to blow up, and how I'm going to take AEW by coming up. Be, excuse me. That damn bugs is fighting me while I'm trying to read this. How I'm ta- how I'm gonna take a- take AEW by coming in being a nice guy and throwing out freaking ice cream bars. Who gives a damn about that? Um, first and foremost, uh, Mr. Booker T, who happens to be one of a favorite of mine, absolute legend. I love but Booker T. I, yeah, but as I just called him recently, this is bitter tea coming out. Or King Hater T coming out right now because the story told in Punk's return was told in the one fan that was caught on camera crying. That's how much he meant to the business and to the fans, especially done in his home city of Chicago, Illinois. I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I make it known. I wasn't the biggest CM Punk fan out there by far at all. I wasn't. But it was because when I got to know him, I got to know him in the sports entertainment company, WWE. 
I couldn't stand that straight edge gimmick. Mm-hmm. Was he a great worker? Absolutely. But I couldn't stand the straight edge gimmick. Booker going in on this where if you even go back and listen to that promo, which I did, I think, two or three times, he didn't even name drop WWE. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. Okay, so, again, love Booker T. He's great. I don't listen to this podcast because I don't think I could listen to that voice for a whole hour or whatever it is. Oh, I stopped. I stopped yeah. listening because of how much of a WWE apologist he is. Yeah, I and can't. how it's if you go like and especially it actually I stopped listening right when he was talking about how Sting shouldn't come back and he was talking like he's too old and blah 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 blah. We see what Sting is doing now. They yeah. are using that man properly. Yeah. So it's like love the guy, but it's, it's how do you whiff this hard on a like on a topic? Like I don't. So a couple things here that you said. The CM Punk thing, I've I've rewatched the entrance and the pop, like I don't know how many times, like 30 times, let's say. <laughs> I've watched that shit on my phone, on my tablet, I beamed it to my TV, I watched it on the TV, I watched it live. Just just the pop entrance into the ring and then Excalibur saying, We'll be back in 90 seconds. Like I watched that clip. The promo, I only watched the one time when it was live. And and the reason I did that is because sometimes I feel like sometimes it's best to stay with that original feeling that I had when I watched it, which was like I was in elation. And again, uh, uh, touching on another point that you said, I didn't really know CM Punk from way back when. I the first I saw of CM Punk was in WWE ZCW. That's the first time I saw that guy, and I saw him. And I was like, oh, dude, this guy's different. He's got all these tattoos. He looks like a fucking greaser. He looks like a punk. He's got like punk music. That's pretty cool. I liked him. Am I over the moon on CM Punk or anything like that? No, I'm not his biggest, greatest fan. But I, I think he's dope. I think he's cool. He, he's got a great uh, skill set as far as being on the mic and his ring work and his promos are all excellent. So I, he ended up growing on me a lot. And when he left, I was disappointed. But when he left, it was just like, okay, he's gone. Like, there's other people here. So it didn't like, you know, it didn't really break my heart that he left or whatever. But he comes back and like, he. this is what pisses me off about Booker T. It's like, he did everything right. He came out, he got his huge pop. He jumped into the fucking crowd, which I wouldn't have done because who knows what these people have. These Chicagoans probably all coveted up. But he jumps into the crowd. He goes in there. He cuts a great emotional promo. He didn't write anything. The only thing he had was bullet points about Darby Allen and trying to put over the young talents. And that's what he did. He came over. The first name he mentioned, Britt Baker. He puts over Britt Baker. Puts over Darby puts over a couple other young talent that he uh, mentioned off the top of his head. Not once in that promo did the words WWE come out of his mouth. He didn't yep. say anything. He didn't He didn't do the, you know, Vince. You know, a lot of these guys would like to go on TV and say his name and shit. And Vince or Brass Ring or any of these stupid fucking, you know, little phrases that 
these guys like to come out and do. And I don't begrudge them for doing that because a lot of these guys, you know, they feel angry. They feel slighted. They feel like they weren't used. I get it. But he didn't do that. He didn't come out and do that. He didn't even mention them. And what pisses me off the most is that he says that he left professional wrestling in 2005 or whatever it was the year. I, I might be wrong about the year. But he, he said, uh, um, loose quotes, I left professional wrestling in 2005 and now I'm back. So WWE itself will tell you they don't do professional wrestling. They do yep. sports entertainment. They will tell you that themselves, and they've been telling us that themselves for years. They don't like to call their wrestlers wrestlers. They call them superstars. They don't yep. like to call wrestling wrestling. They call it sports entertainment. So why is Booker T so fucking tight that he said that? He said the truth. He left professional wrestling in 05. Then he went to WWE and did sports entertainment. And now he's back to professional wrestling. There's nothing Hello, wrong with what he said. Hello, so, I don't I don't get what Booker T's problem is. But I, again, it's just the bitterness, I guess, because I, I, that's hate. That's just hate. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is, is like before... Mark Henry got on AEW. I mean, he, if you listen to him on Busted Open and like when you listen to Weekly Winner and things like that, like people thought the same of him there too. Like he was like a WWE loyalist and he, he but he would break it down to people like, "No, I love the sport. This show just happened to have captivated me more." And even this guy who everybody perceived was a WWE loyalist he even went to the other brand because yeah. that gave a new, a new resurgence towards the love of the sport and the love of the business. Like, And what's funny about that is if you go back and pull up that video, he mentions WWE. That's the first thing that he mentions in his fucking comeback promo. Yeah. That's the first several thing that does. And several other people do take those shots and stuff like that. And, hey, guess what? If y'all are in and have the spirit of competition that's going to happen you're going to take shots but with punk he he definitely now i i will say he definitely threw shade at them in the in his promo simply by using the words i lost my love for pro wrestling mm -hmm. just that there alone is like yeah and that made me feel the dude even pause, but it made me feel him even more. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it made me feel him even more that, that, that he said he lost the love for pro wrestling because that's something within my head. And like, I'm, I'm you know, we, we, the dirt sheets now have become the Facebook groups have become the Twitter threads you know, the Instagram feeds, yada, yada, yada. A lot of people seem to have just lost the love for professional wrestling as a whole and were stuck and trapped in whatever Vince fed him, which is fine if that is what you like. We as professional wrestling fans understand that. 
but we as professional wrestling fans also were there when the WWE was pro wrestling. You could go back to the network and listen to their old shows. They don't edit out the fact that they the wrestlers said pro wrestling because yeah. that's what the company was built on. That's what the company was founded on. You know what I'm saying? One thing like, that one thing that bugs me out about WWE is like I, I, I think I said it a few times on like my past shows. Like I don't pretend to understand it. Like I've been watching it for like over three years. I I know how wrestling works, but like I've I've yet to understand like the dynamic of these performers and like Vince and Creative. Like that's one part of it where I get lost because once SummerSlam was over. They started playing the 24-7 WrestleMania um, little mini documentary that they have there. And I was just, honestly, I was just sitting there talking to you guys in the chat. And I was on Twitter and I, I left it playing. I wasn't even really, like, watching it. I just saw that what it was. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was on my phone. I was doing this and that. And I started watching it. And you had they were showing um, Daniel Bryan and Seth and... Uh, and uh, I mean, Edge and Roman, they were all having their matches and all that shit. And it's like, they showed the match where um, Natty and Tamina were wrestling for the titles. And they did this whole thing with them about their legacy and where they come from. Like her father's Jim Neidhart and Tamina's dad is Jimmy Snuka and their heritage. And they went through all these things and they were getting like all emotional about everything and then they had their match they lost and then they come into the back and it's like natty's crying and tamina's crying and they're like hugging vince and hugging other writers and they're like i'm so happy and uh tamina was crying on vince's shoulder and she looks at vince and she's like i'm just so grateful thank you and it's like, damn, I don't, like, that's one thing I would love to, like, get in there and understand is, like, the inner workings. Because us on the outside, that match sucked a dick. Like, that was one of the worst matches I've seen in a long fucking time. And it that was, was really um, fucking bad. That was the that opening was the match to WrestleMania. With the, the second uh, one. Second day. Where it was, was like, the, the, the tournament thing, right? Where it was constantly no, it cycling. Was, it was... It was two days of WrestleMania, and the, the first match, I believe, was Natty oh. and Tamina versus Nia Jax and Shayna. Right, right. That was for the I tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, the tag. For the match. titles. And then yeah, sure. they lost because the night before, they also wrestled in some kind of, I think it was like a, they won the rights to wrestle on the next night for the titles. That's what so, I got confused. And that was another thing that they were like so happy about. They were the first women to perform fights at a WrestleMania and, and stuff like that, which, oh, that's cool. But it's like, I just I don't I, I I really wish I could understand like that because a lot of these wrestlers when they leave there they 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 get on podcasts and shows and stuff like that and they say oh you you guys are marks you don't understand you don't know shit you really don't understand what's going on and I think that's what they mean like not so much about in ring work or how signings and stuff like that works I think for the most part with the internet we've pretty much gotten on par with that but there's something there and and i think it's specifically with wwe there's something there with those people i don't know if it's a cult <laughs> i don't know if they're hypnotized i don't know what it is but there's something there where it's like they love being there even though they're getting shunned and like i there's something missing it's a part of the puzzle that like i just don't get and i wish i could find out what that is
Right. Well, I think on that aspect of things, though, I think most pro wrestlers, um, especially when you listen to like some of the older school veterans, it's for them. It's not about the wins and losses and all that. It's about how much did I get paid tonight? Who am I working against? And such and such. Nowadays, we we just as a people, we're so much more in tune with the moments. We're more in tune with just what's going on everywhere that they, they're realizing they are on the biggest wrestling platform in the biggest entertainment platform in the world when it comes right. to professional wrestling. Let me say it correctly like that. They are on the biggest platform. So to be able to kind of quote unquote make history, they're, they're, they're acknowledging that and they're accepting it. And, and it, it, like you mentioned, their, their, their emotions just kind of took over them because they understand the level of history. I mean, again, night one of WrestleMania, two black women headlining a main event. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just to just to be on that card as a whole, even if you were the pre-show match, is like a thankful moment because now your name is forever synonymous and etched in history. With something that also won an ESPY. You know what I'm saying? So to 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 hear like the backstage stuff like that, especially from the women, like it, it, we we even know when it comes to women's wrestlers, they don't get the same shake as the men. But nowadays that is progressing just across the board. Like NWA is about to have their, their first all women's pay-per-view yep. empowerment in a couple weeks. So just thinking from the women's aspect of things is like, yeah, it's I, I, I can see the tears because how often do they get put on those platforms? You know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't happen often. Like the last major time we talked about that, especially when it comes to WWE, when they were kind of the only kids on the block in the U.S., it was the three way. I believe it was. Who was it? It was Becky, Charlotte and who else? Becky, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. There you go. Yes, Ronda Rousey. Like that was the last time we talked about, and they were the main event, I believe. Correct? They, and he I think they were the, the, the join first, up. Yeah, but I believe they were the first women's main event. So it's like they're yeah. progressing in the sport so much to where hearing about mo- emotions like that, it's 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 warranted. But and then you, you know thinking about backstage stuff that we're not privy to and things like that. Like you hear stories on podcasts and things like that of the older vets going into shows now and like wondering why these cats aren't, you know, down in beers and playing cards and gambling, chilling. They're back there chilling, playing video games and hanging out and being friendly with each other. Recording you know, vlogs and, and heels and faces video and, diaries and shit. Yeah, yeah, That's like heels and faces mixing behind the scenes and things like that. When back in the day, the territory days, if you hear the stories about then, the territory days, the heels had to continue to be heels because one month you could be in Tennessee. The next month you could be in Florida. The next month you could be in North Carolina. And they're all seeing you for the first time in each of these places as you go around. So you need people to remember you as such in order to keep your gimmick over, i.e. what we're seeing today, which is why one of the things that I think AEW is getting right, MJF. The kid is a heel 24-7 unless you happen to catch him 
on the off times. And I don't even yeah. know if there is an off time for him, really. I've never really seen him like that. There's one famous video of him at a signing and this kid stands next to him to take a picture and he looks at the kid and he goes like right in the kid's face. He goes like this as he's taking yeah. the picture and the, and the kid goes like this, like, holy shit. Yeah. And he just straight, straight up like, fuck you, kid. And he, he he's like, all right, there you go. There's your picture. And he walks away like he's living that fucking gimmick, which I think that's cool. I don't think everybody can get away with that anymore because it's just, especially like if you look at um, AEW, like I don't watch, um, like I try to watch Dark and Elevation when I can, but honestly, I just, there's way too much wrestling right now. It's not enough time. Um, but all those vlogs that they do, like I can't watch all that shit. Sammy has a vlog, the Dark Order has a vlog. Uh, uh everybody has one like all of them they all have freaking vlogs that they do on youtube and it's like you could watch um like i was wa i watched um what's his name uh freaking the dude that's with um damn i can't remember anybody's name now what what the fuck is his name scorpio sky's partner uh ethan page ethan, ethan page. page i was watching okay. his blog and he's over there hanging out with uh he's hanging out with Sammy, he's hanging out with freaking Alan Angels, and it's like, wait a minute, but like you know what I'm saying? Like he's supposed to be a bad guy, but if you watch his vlog, he's like super nice. Like he collects like comics, he right. collects action figures and shit, and right. he, he's like a really fucking nice guy. The same thing with being the, the elite. Being the elite just the had my bad, um, my bad, go ahead. No, no, being the elite, this I don't watch it. But I watched it this this the one they just put out because it was it had CM Punk or whatever. So I wanted to see like some backstage stuff. And they had Sammy in there, like in their vlog. And it's like it's it's almost impossible to keep that like kayfabe anymore. But it's a different world, bro. These older guys, they don't understand that shit. They just they don't understand like you're supposed to live your gimmick, but we can't do that shit anymore. You can't have a guy like Undertaker walking around like the fucking Undertaker nowadays, bro. Like fucking Walmart and shit. Like, you're gonna see him walking yeah. around with his trench coat and hat at Walmart, bro. Like you can't do it. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the homie Ed said here, which Ed, I sent you the link. You and if you want to come on, you you're definitely a valid uh brain into this uh into this conversation. But he said they build it. They're building brands while these old timers were be were being addicts. True indeed. Then he said, check out the Ethan Page vlog with Danhausen. Which yeah yeah Danhausen. I I fuck I I. I first heard of Danhausen. I'm gonna bust it open again. I'm they're getting too much promo time from me on there today. But he's a, he's a he's a character, and I know Lou. You constantly say your things about the comedy wrestling things like that. But this dude is he's a he's a interesting character, especially watching like the way he works too and how he moves around in the ring. It's 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 a little different, but it kind of works with what this dude does. So. Shout out to Dan Housen. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I forgot where we was we were kind of leading to with this whole piece and conversation, but it's just it's we were talking about pretty much talking, we 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 spun a rabbit hole down away from the tribalism aspect of things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I I personally think if you are a lover of professional wrestling as a whole. It's okay to love everything. It's okay to like everything. It's okay to... It is okay to, you know, 
have your things about a certain promotion. But when your thing is to consistently, consistently shit on something that it's just new and you're just still not making yourself familiar with said product, then you look like an idiot. Then if we call you a WWE shill or AEW shill or Mark, like you need to own that label because that's how you're acting. Yeah. That's how you're acting. You know, yeah, it's we, were, okay. we were talking about Booker T and his comments. That's what originally we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause his <clears throat> comments run off of the tribalism thing. And he was the perfect shining example of WWE tribalism, which I get it. I respect it. They believed in you as a character enough to hold their title, their championships on a few occasions. They believed in you enough to become the king of the ring, to become, in in some respects, as many would say, the best black slash African American professional wrestle professional wrestler ever. You know, many people will give him that title. I was close to giving him that title. I think if it's not him, it's Ron Simmons to me. Yeah. But I get it. You have a loyalty to a company also that you were, you're still probably employed by. You were still just doing the show backstage with them and all that. Like you still do the pre-show stuff and all those commentaries and things like that. I get it. But take a page from your brother, Mark Henry and like, it's okay. Like the dude is getting paid to be on radio to talk about other promotions outside of WWE. Like, and it's because you love the game as a whole. You like, I say, I love podcasting. What would I look like if I only listened to my show? <laughs> How could you say I love podcasting if I'm only listening to my show? If I'm only listening to my network that I had built over the years. And then I and then I'm gonna give you an opinion on somebody else's shit. Yeah. In the same game. It's the same game. It's all podcasting. Just like wrestling. It's all wrestling. But you're going to consistently shit on other stuff that you might give a chance, but it's like the Jay-Z saying of he's all right, but he's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you love this shit, love it. Give things a chance. I mean, and and, and display it if you you got it. You got a freaking Texas wide platform, national nation, worldwide platform when it's podcasted show. It don't hurt to show a little love if you love the whole product itself. I just honestly think uh, like I don't know if there's a beef there or something. I, I don't know what it is, but I honestly just think that he said that shit just to get a different opinion out there because, bro. 95% of the reactions to the CM Punk shit has been like over the top excitement. Like everybody, Bubba Ray, even bro, Jim Cornette, who hates basically everything AEW does. All people, of all he, people. He even came out and he was like, yo, that's not how I would have done it, but it was perfect. Like that's, that's, that's crazy, bro. That was a big deal. So. We got the homie Ed Molina in the house. What up from the Ed and Fuzz show? They cover professional wrestling on a, I guess, whenever they feel like it basis, Ed. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. 
Yeah, you're muted. Just look on the bottom where the microphone is. And yeah, you might have to tap, to tap the screen. Can you can you hear me? Gotcha. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is partly why we do it kind of as a hobby is I'm a hot mess technologically. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Edinburgh show. Uh, we on, um, we on, uh, I want to say Spotify, but it wasn't. Uh, Block Talk Radio. Uh, we do it whenever we can. Uh, my homeboy, Fuzzy Biscuits. Uh, he's he's a school teacher, so sometimes mm-hmm. and a bouncer. With you know, when you're doing that teacher hustle, it's always side hustle after side hustle. So, um, yeah, so yeah, no, we we cover everything. We're very passionate about wrestling. Uh, you know, I recommend the show. It's just we we do for fun. We you know, it's all to me. I'm not an AEW fan. I'm not a WWE fan. I'm a wrestling fan. That's that's how I always frame it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard sometimes, but this week, as you guys are noting, man, since the start of Rampage to this weekend, a lot of good stuff. Even if you can't find pleasure in the stuff that's out there, then you're just not, you're doing this wrong. It is a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, whether it's showing Yo breaking up in New Japan, that threw me for a loop as a New Japan fan. Uh the return of CM Punk, who I'm a huge stand of. I, he's he's my spirit animal. I've always said that. I, I swear I'm the only person in the world, yo. I'm I, like the only person in the world who wasn't down. But you know, you know what it is? It's first of all, it's hard to be a friend, a fan of his because he's straight edge. Now, I don't know if you ever I, I've hung out in the hardcore metal scene and the punk scene. If you ever hung out with straight edges or gone to a straight edge show. Yo, it's they're they're very tightly wound. CM Punk fits that persona. My my younger sister was straight edge for a long, long time. Even got the straight edge X on her wrist. The X, yep. Yep. And the really militant one. I remember going to straight edge shows in Boston. They had this crew called FSU fucking shit up. And it was like a gang. It's no different than a gang, but their whole their whole vibe was we're straight edge. And if they saw you drinking during the show, or if they saw you smoking, the more militant ones, no sex, which I don't get what that's about. I, I can't be that angry at life, but whatever. Wow, that's, 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 wow. Okay. that's the incel shit. Wow, slow down. But 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 that's the thing with CM Punk. He embodies a lot of that straight-edge vibe, and, and I can see how that rubs people the wrong way. To me, I... Iris, you ever been underappreciated at a job knowing you're the best at the job? You know in your heart you're the best. Man, listen, if I told the story, Ed, it's also in two jobs in a row. It's also where I learned every brother ain't your brother. Mm-hmm. Well, that pipe bomb speech, if you've ever been pissed off at your job and your bosses and never wanted to tell you your bosses to F off, that pipe bomb speech, yo, that hit me here in the soul because I was in a bad place at my job. I was so inspired by that. I swear to God, I have witnesses, swear to your deity. I went into the conference room with my meeting with the editors at the time I was working with latinpost.com. I was running the sports desk and I sat on the conference table, Indian style. Yo, word to your deity, Indian style, (laughs) looking to get fired that day. Politically correct, crisscross applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> but looking to get fired that day because you can't collect on the plane if you're if you quit. So I was looking to get fired. 
told my boss, the president of the company, and my editors everything that was wrong with the company. My own pipe bomb speech. I ended up getting a promotion, weirdly enough. So, like, <laughs> holy shit. Tell him how you really so feel. <laughs> so he was he he was my spirit animal. I'm like, because CM Punk got a raise off of that. I'm sure it was it was a work shoot, as they say in the business. But he got a raise off of that. He got to hold the title while not under contract. Like, it worked. And so <laughs> that's always been it's always been my spirit animal that I'm like, yo, if you really feel you're the best at what you do, yo, own that shit. Pardon my language. Just own it. Yo, Lou, like, his manager said his manager was like oh <laughs> That's hilarious though. That's awesome. But like <clears throat> and, and I think that I think CM Punk speaks to that vibe. Even if you're not straight edge, even if you're not if you've ever felt um as an outsider at your job, knowing damn well you you are the best in that room or the smartest or whatever it is. Like you can vibe. I think that's why CM Punk comes off so genuine, real, authentic. Um, and and you not liking him is part of that authenticity because you're not supposed to like him. Remember when he did my favorite CM Punk version? You remember the Straight Edge Society? Yeah, that's when I didn't like him. That was brilliant. Do you realize he was mimicking Jesus Christ the whole time, and nobody caught it? Yeah, yeah. But it was it was brilliant. Yo, again, you got to work that crowd. It's professional wrestling is like stand up. It's like good stand up. You're working the crowd the whole time. You you know what I mean? And CM Punk had legit heat from that audience. He had grannies telling him you're gonna burn in hell because of his whole messiah shtick. And that's the thing, getting people to buy into that. You weren't supposed to like that character unless you're. Unless you're an asshole like me that sits Indian style in a conference desk at his job, like you're not. It. it, it you're not supposed to be into that character, and he's supposed to rub people the wrong way. And honestly, straight edges, I love y'all to death. I, I love your ethos, but that straight edge society kind of encompassed the the how straight edges can rub people the wrong way, like and and but that's the stick. And he did that in Ring of Honor, and it worked. And so, to hearing people say he doesn't move the needle, it's not just Roman Reigns. So bring it full circle, and I apologize, I'm babbling. If you don't see what he did Friday night and don't think he need he can't move the needle, bro, you're doing this wrong. You're not watching the business, like. And and on that point there, on that point there, bringing it back to and it, it, this might feel like a WWE bash session, but again, we us three here, we love the business to where we are critical of it, but we still love what love these companies that we grew up on. We're critical, but we love these companies that we grew up on. That moving the needle thing, it goes back to a couple months ago when they did, you know, how they do their conference calls and meetings and stuff like that. And Vince said on one of them that he was having a hard time creating new superstars. In my head, it was like, hmm, I wonder why did you look in the mirror first and foremost? But then secondly... When you really look at the landscape of professional wrestling today, the people who are moving the needle are these little guys that he wants to throw away from the company currently. The quote-unquote little guys. The quote-unquote luchador-sized people. The people that are the Kenny Omega size who might be six feet tall. Might be six feet tall. I think Kenny, he might be six feet tall. 
Cody looks like he might be six feet to six two. Like the 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 young bucks, the aka as I like to call them, the super kick brothers, the two dudes yeah. right now who are running around looking like twin Shawn Michaels. These are the people that are moving the needle. When you bring it to a ring of honor, or even what I like, MLW. I like MLW. Jacob Fatu is, I think, six one, six two. That guy's gonna be a star. Whether AEW or WWE, he's a star in the making. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it's not your. It's 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 literally the days of the oversized giant six four and up guys. Like Vince is still trying to push those guys. Vince is still trying to make those guys, and to see how it's working, you can look right in his own company. Look how long it took him. To get people to finally like Roman Reigns, but the issue wasn't. The issue was he was holding back Roman Reigns. Like In now that respects, yeah, now that they let Roman Reigns is is now the top guy, whatever, or, or the ace as they call it in New Japan, and they're finally letting him be and act like an ace instead of saying giving him promos where you're saying suffering succotash. They were, <laughs> yeah. they were pushed, you know. I think the problem with WWE is that Vince McMahon doesn't want to do fan service. Here's a great example. I still watch Raw, judge away. I, I, I grade WWE on a WWE curve as I grade New Japan on New Japan curve, MLW, because I feel like that's being fair to the product. Here's an example of where Vince messes up. Ali is in Chicago, big fan, like Chicago, one of your hottest crowds, New York, Philly, Chicago, where everyone knows this. Ali's the hometown favorite. And you have him job to the retribution guys when you can hear that crowd is hot for Ali. Yo, a little fan service. You don't always have to give fans what they want, but a little fan service there wouldn't have been the worst thing. You can have Ali job the next week or, or have Mansoor or like you can work around it. That's a little thing. And that's what I mean by like Vince held back Roman in a lot of ways. And to the fan service part, this is where. And I, we're not trying. I'm not trying to play the compare game, but AEW has been getting it right. Case in point: Sammy Guevara in his hometown of Houston. Mm-hmm. Yep. Case in point: Britt Baker in her hometown of Pittsburgh. Oh my! That was great, and they still kept her heel, but she got the hometown pop. Like it, it reminded me of Bret Hart when he went to Canada. When he was the heel in the U.S., but when he went to Canada, it was like, you know, it was like Alpha Flight. If you're into comic books, it was like, yep. you know, it, it was that there was a point where people were telling me Bret Hart's more popular than someone like a GSP, who's who's a world class MMA guy. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorites, the reason I'm into MMA, but like, yo, Bret Hart was the biggest thing, especially with their hockey team stinking. Whew. Like and, and Britt Baker got that. You still kept her heel. I don't think Vince knows how to maneuver like that. And that's 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 the problem. Well, it's because in Lou, I, I want your point on this. It's like as we've noticed over the years, he well, actually, no, not even I can't even say over the years. As we are watching current to this day, they do not listen to the fan base. We just got back to crowds, and it's clear as day that they're not listening to the crowds. Because why? What do we hear when we're sitting at home watching the product? We hear an overdubbing 
of crowd noise. They tried to mute it and muddle all the booze, all the chants for different names that ain't there. We, you know, when they when they want us to feel a certain crowd, I mean, a, a certain uh, a, a fan or something, or I mean, a wrestler or something. We we're hearing the crowd is is booing the hell out of somebody while they're trying to drown it out and trying to mix in cheers on the TV product. And then the same thing, vice versa. Like you, the days of you dictating how we should feel have been long gone because like we mentioned earlier, when we first started this conversation, fans are fans nowadays are way more smarter than we were when we were younger and they're not understanding the fans that are still fans today have grown up with this. Like I'm 41 Lou, what you're 42 going on 43, right? Like, yeah, 43, you know, Ed, I know you're older, I think 45. No, I am 45. I got the grades. I got the grades. Yeah. But Hey, I got some too, but you know, but we were fans of the WWF way back to, to, to see the growth and the progression of the company, to see where the company has gone. And we got so much smarter to the product that it's, we know what's going on. And it's like, you can't trick us. Yes. We know you're trying to sell to a younger crowd because us who are parents now are the ones shelling out the money for the merch at all the events and all of that stuff. But you got to remember, you still got to entertain us too, in some sort of a way. Yeah. And we're smarter now. We understand this now. You can't just try to force feed. Allow the crowd to tell you a part of the story. You gonna you you know your creative is always going to write what they write, but also they gotta be flexible. You gotta kind of be like a KRS One or a Supernatural, where as soon as this thing comes out the bag, you could rhyme off of that. As soon as the next thing come out the back, you could rhyme off of that. You got to be flexible. The crowd is going to tell you what you want, whether you want. And, and we know you want us to like shit. Case in point, everybody loved Karrion Cross in NXT. I was just about I to look, talk about I still that. love Karrion Cross. Yeah, but then last so, night they gave us the gimp mask, the fake demolition mask. Like, So this is the thing. This is one of the things I don't understand. So you said as it happened a few months ago, Vince was on a conference call and he said, I, I'm having trouble building new stars, right? So you look at somebody like Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, you would think that that's a Vince guy, just looking at him. He's a big, scary dude. He's diesel. He's got a specific move set that looks, you know, dangerous, whether or not he's the best technically or any of that, that's, that's not my decision to make. I like Karrion Cross as a character. I like his personality. I like his gimmick. He's got a fucking kick-ass entrance. He's got a smoke show wife. And he's got a great look. So you would think Vince would want to, like, all right, let's get done with this NXT shit. I need him. I need him on Raw. Let's go. Let's go. Bring him up here. You would think, like, that's a guy that he would want to get up there. Bro, it's almost like if Vince is purposely going oh yeah you think this guy's great well i'm gonna make him look like shit and you're gonna like that he looks like shit every week it's something else with this guy the first they bring him on the show he loses clean (laughs) i mean not clean it was a little dirty because jeff cheated but it's like 
But wasn't that was like, like a minute, two minute squash though? It was like two. It was like two, three minutes, I think, at the most. And the thing is, the whole setup to it was like I'm I'm looking at it as so. Here's the thing: there were several parts to that debut. First of all, they didn't promote it at all. In the middle of Raw, it's like Karrion Cross will be here tonight. I was like, what the fuck, really? Okay, Karrion Cross is gonna be on Raw. That's fucking awesome. New guy. Karrion Cross comes out. So, the first thing, they bring him out to the ring. No Scarlet. Where's Scarlet? Everybody. The thing. What's funny is that like you can see people in the crowd actually looking at each other like, what the fuck? Like, where's fucking Scarlet? Like, what's going on? You take away the entrance from this guy, which is probably one of the top things about his character. Then you bring him into the ring and you beat him. Not only that, you bring out one of the top faces. Everybody loves Jeff Hardy. I love Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy comes out, he gets pops everywhere he everywhere he goes. So you put him up against Jeff Hardy, who everybody loves. They're gonna immediately cheer for him, which is how it's supposed to be. I get Karen Cross is a heel, Jeff is a face, fine. So for years. Jeff has been trying to get back his no more words theme. He's been like, there's been online stuff, there's hashtags, like he's been trying to get that back for all this time. When do you decide to finally give him back his fucking theme? You do it right when Karrion Cross makes his debut. So not only do you take away from one guy, you give something to the other guy that the fans want, and it's like just he's just completely shitting on Karrion Cross. And now this week it's Dude, that whole warrior of the wasteland getup that he was wearing, like, I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if Vince saw the battle kilt that he's that he man kilt that he's been wearing, and he wanted to add to it or something. I don't know if it's Cross's idea. I don't know if it's Vince's idea. I don't know whose idea it was, but it's a fucking bad idea. So this guy now looks like a clown. He's getting bro right now online. He is getting shit on for that outfit dude like he's a meme now carrying cross who should be one of your biggest guys one of your biggest threats on the show is now a meme and it's like you're telling me you're having trouble bring, bringing up stars no shit he has completely lost touch with the business dude he's like he should not be running things and i don't see why he still is to your to what you're talking about and matt cardona has talked about this in various podcasts as has heat slater it's Vince has a thing about you getting over on your own. It, 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 he he feels he has to have a sense of, I built you. And I think that's part of the problem. I think what I've been reading, and I don't know how true it is, you know, there might be some jealousy issues with what Triple H built at NXT because it just seems like he's tearing down everything he built. Now, I understand NXT is going in a new direction. They want to, quote, unquote, create stars, that they want to be more of a performer performance center more in fmw than what nxt became which was an indie darling and i think that's what bothers your your duns and your pritchards and your your mcmahons but and if that's if that's the case hey great look you got a stud in gable stevenson who apparently is going to sign with wwe it's looking like more and more um where you could build around that and have your next big thing your next brock lesnar which i know polarizing name i'm a huge fan the guy the guy sells Look, the guy moves merch. The guy sells pay-per-views, yep. whether you like him or not. He, he is a star by every definition of combat sports or professional wrestling. And Absolutely. so they might have, they may have something there where, you know, it, and if that's the case, great. We're now more savvy fans as, as 
you were talking about earlier, where we know we understand the business a little more. I avoid the dirt sheets because, be honest, I love the swerves. I love, I love the feeling of the swerves. I like the natural authenticity of of that surprise pop. So I try to avoid some of these spoilers and and, and whatnot as best as I can. But I also try to read on the business end of things, and I think some of it is ego driven. Vince has been the biggest dog in the yard now for what? I mean, I go. I remember watching the Iron Sheik and and Hogan. We're talking like 83, 84, aging myself. So, like, he's been the biggest dog in the yard or a big dog in the yard in some capacity, in some form of this business now for decades, plural. Since and, the birth of Hulkamania. Yeah. And it's hard to tell that person. It's hard to tell someone who just made $2 billion on TV rights, hey, you're doing this wrong. Because right. at the end of the day, this is still a business. But and that's he just what made. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 good, you're good. But he just made $2 billion off the TV rights of uh, SmackDown, or something close to that. That's that's more than I think they ESPN paid for U, UFC, if I'm not mistaken. I got to double check. I don't want to double down on that, but that's the kind of money we're talking about. So how do you tell right. that man that's a failure? But that's the thing is once you get to that level, and we all know, even from a fan point of view, we all know that he's got that ego. As the, as my homie, as the homie uh, from the UWO, Brian says, well, UWO podcast, Brian says, Vince got the God complex. And you're right. When you've been getting it right for 30, 40, almost 50 years, you've been getting it right. How do you tell a person they're wrong? But yet, when does said person who will make a statement like, I can't make superstars, understand I might be doing something wrong. Some and we all know. We all know for decades, for decades, for decades. We know. They'll say that creative will come up with this. But once you hit gorilla position, Vince McMahon has that final say. And everything that you thought that you would get off is gonna get shut down and reverted. I think I think creative gets too much of a raw deal sometimes because at the end of the yeah. day, the buck stops mm -hmm. with Vince. I have a friend who used to be a writer, uh, part of creative in WWE. Don't want to put his name out there, whatever. It's my homeboy. But, you know, whatever idea, he had some great ideas that he told me off the record. And I'm like, yo, how come they didn't push him? Or how didn't you push X, Y, and Z? And he's like, instead of it, or it never got to Vince, or you know what I mean? And this this was so, I, I sometimes feel bad for creative because they get these Hollywood types who are truly busting their butt to work with the talent. You know, I think Dean Ambrose has talked about it. It's like, yo, I feel bad talking and down to them like that. John but Moxley. It's like, yes, John Moxley. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Mox, Mox has talked about it. Like, I, I had to go apologize all the time because I had XYZ vision of what I wanted to do. But creative had something else. And then Vince changed it all around at the last minute. Um, it, it, but, again, how do you call $2 billion a failure? Like, like that's that's how oh, insane this this is an insane business where you're we're calling two billion dollars a failure. They just allegedly Peacock just had its highest streaming for SummerSlam. We got the merch was the merch was insane. <laughs> the merch was insane. How do, you, how do you tell that man that's a failure? How do you tell Roman Reigns you didn't move the needle? Like how do you tell him that he didn't have the weekend like that? He he was the guy, the big dog in the yard this weekend. 
which you could argue he wasn't, but when he they just when but but you, you see my point, like the numbers, the number it, it's it's a weird business because it's like yo, how do you call that a failure? And yet to us as fans, it kind of comes off as a failure because CM Punk sucked the oxygen out of the room. For everybody, for Impact, for TN, I mean, for Impact, for WWE, a little bit for NWA, because no, you know, there was some buzz going there with with um the two pay per views coming up. But right now, it's everything is CM. What's CM Punk gonna do? What's CM Punk gonna do? We know what he's gonna do, and we're still talking about it. That's why it boggles my mind when I hear fans saying, "Well, he's not The Rock, and he's not Cena, and he's not Hogan." No, he's not. Hey, guess what? He's a better wrestler than Cena. And I'd argue better on the mic than Cena. I'd I'll definitely argue to death he's better than The Rock in the ring. I'll absolutely argue that. Not as good on the mic, maybe, but you know, and that's the weird business we're in. Now they can show success because a million views. AEW got a million views for Rampage. Holy crap! That that's. On a Friday night, 10 p.m. Think about that. What are y'all doing that's on Friday crazy. night, 10 p.m.? <laughs> one point, one point, one six million, dude. That's fucking insane for 10 o'clock on a Friday. And yet, that's how do you tell a man who just made records streaming on Peacock? Uh, you had a bad weekend. Like that's. Right. <laughs> well, let's get into. Let's finally get into that quote unquote bad weekend. Now, I I I don't want to do the traditional run through the card. So we're going to start off with, I, I want to start off with the bad. I want to get the that's, bad out of the way. That's easy for me. Because, because I have something that I personally thought was better than the CM Punk thing. Lou heard it already. You'll hear it once we get there. But let's start with the bad, Lou. And I, I think we might all be on the same page roughly. Lou, if you uh, I apologize. I'm trying to um. I didn't realize NXT was already on. I just want to put it on because I'm pretty sure Joe is gonna relinquish the title tonight and they're gonna do some kind of tournament. So I just wanted to have it on in the background. Yeah, I just see my um, wife. My my wife just turned it on to see Cameron Grimes. Are we including as part of the good bad NXT also, or like the whole weekend? Or are we just doing some stuff? Uh, yeah, we'll go. You know, we'll go the whole weekend. Okay, we'll go the whole week. Well, actually, no. We'll start it off like this. We'll just around, around, around the horn. Which was the better pay per view, and in like a quick minute, why? Lou, go ahead. So I would, I mean, if you're gonna compare SummerSlam to Takeover, uh, I would say Takeover was better strictly because it was just uh, the wrestling itself was much better on Takeover and. Uh, they actually finished storylines on NXT. Again, SummerSlam had a very, very terrible, awful moment, but went back and went through the show match for match. It wasn't the worst show. Like, they had good matches on. They had a few good matches on there. Like, I think I four out of the ten matches I enjoyed. So that's not a great ratio, but I can't bomb the show for that. I did enjoy some of the matches on there. I enjoyed Damian Priest and Sheamus. I enjoyed the main event. Um, I enjoyed that women's three-way. That was a fucking really good match. And the other match that I enjoyed was uh, Edge and, you know, your boy, Nick Rollins. So 
I, I would pick the TakeOver show strictly because I enjoyed all the matches. That Cole and Kyle O'Reilly thing was kind of, again, we talked about it on another podcast. I'm not a big fan of this uh, three out of falls, three falls match shit. It's like that gimmick. It always has to go to the third fall, obviously, because it just has to. Um, so I'm not the biggest fan of that. And I thought the finish was a little flat. But as far as everything else, like that Walter match was fucking. That Walter match was phenomenal. So for me, right there, that just that puts it over the top on SummerSlam. Hey. I think I that was more better, than a minute. <laughs> Real quick, uh, I thought the better show was NXT just on the basis that Dragonov versus Walter was right now my front runner for the Fuzzies uh, match of the year. Um, the only other match I can think off the top of my head, I got to kind of sit down and, and look and sift through it. But the only other match I can think is Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa um, in their no-holds-barred match earlier this year. And um, Shingo and um, Okada threw a hell of a match earlier this year as well. But, like, right now that's my front runner. So off that, I think that was a better show. I didn't, except for one thing, and I think one thing kind of downgraded the show. I didn't think SummerSlam was that bad. Uh, again, I, I have a habit of doing things on a WWE curve. I know where WWE is at right now, so... I don't want to judge them against the others. I don't think that's fair to either the other products or WWE. Um, but I thought it was a very good, I thought it was a solid show, except for one thing that really ruined it, and it can still be fixed. It all depends on the booking. We'll get to that. I'm sure I think we're all on the same page on this. One thing kind of ruined the show. But I, I thought Rollins, you know, Rollins had a good match against, um, shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, Edge. Yes, Edge, uh, Edge. Who, by the way, real quick thing, side note: if you're gonna spaz out and 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 pop for Christian winning the Impact title, but you're gonna be hypocritical and judge Edge for coming back, like you can't have it both ways. I hate that type of fan. I see that a lot online. It's like, yo, either you're either with it or you're not. Like you know, it's like you can't be picking and choosing, moving the goalposts. Anyway, I digress. Um, but no, I thought it was a solid show. I, I really did. I liked the main event. I liked the end. I, I, I liked the. I still liked swerves. I wasn't expecting that swerve. Not the matchup I wanted to see. But uh, you know, there's an interesting story to tell there with how that show ended with Brock Lesnar. I I much rather see Bobby Lashley versus Brock. But I want to see that in MMA fight also. So best of three. In WWE and then in the Octagon, you know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, I thought NXT was the better show. Uh, I think people were too harsh on on SummerSlam. I think we all know why it's harsh, um, why we were harsh on it, and I think we need to address the elephant in the room. But I let you go first, Mayor. It's your show. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we we I, I I think we all unanimously uh, deciding on what's the worst part of the whole weekend, but. That's why I just went off of just the weekend and the pay-per-views. I didn't include Rampage because Rampage was a moment in its own, but it fell to second because of what happened on NXT. Walter Dragunov is the reason. We're going to get into the goods after we finish this bad, but NXT, to me, by far, was a better pay-per-view than SummerSlam. SummerSlam was not a bad pay-per-view. I gave it a D-plus. I gave it a D plus because there were several things that for me, it was okay. We, if you want to call us smart marks, we became smart marks as we got older. The card felt too predictable. That was number one for me. The card just felt 
too predictable. There was no true swerves that that felt like holy crap. The Brock thing was the one swerve that I was thrown off because even Lou in our group chat was just like, so is Brock coming out for here? And that was around the Lashley, uh, Lashley uh, Goldberg. Fuck them kids, by the way. But (laughs) 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 that was the Lashley Goldberg thing. He was like, is Brock coming out? And I was like, no. But then he came out at the end of the show. So that was a good surprise. We're going to go straight into it now, though, because I already said what I like better. The Becky Lynch surprise was done horrifically. How, how do you ruin a return of that nature so badly? So fucking bad. Like, I get it. You set it up to have her come back. Lou, you gave a great breakdown and gave a name that you would have preferred to see come out and do something that, you know, yeah. for our eyes, I agree. But but <laughs> but they could have done that with almost any other woman Anybody. in that act. And actually, before well, no, we're gonna stay there because there was another bad. And unfortunately, it had to do with the women. But the Becky Lynch return. Huge pop. Everybody wanted to see her come back. I like her a lot, too. But then you have her do this to a face champion that could have been a heel champion, depending on how it went. But you had to make her face because of the post-match reaction at WrestleMania she was willing to take on the match 20 second squash the disrespect set in like that and ruined the show ruined the show like i, I again i i thought it was a b plus show and then i, I downgraded it to b minus c plus because it, it killed the energy of the show to be honest now salvageable in good hands in that Hey, if you did this with the intention of turning Becky heel, hey, you've you've succeeded on that because I'm a huge <laughs> I'm a huge Becky stan. I go back with Becky when she was doing that Irish jig at NXT. I used to be smitten by her, and then I realized, oh snap, she can go. She is good, and she got better being in the ring with Bailey and and Sasha and and Charlotte. She's part of that come up. This is all salvageable. We have to tune in Friday. That's what this that's the hook and everything. Is tune in Friday. Yeah. But the problem is we are jaded. We are broken individuals in the sense that <laughs> Vince has screwed up so many times that we feel maybe this wasn't intentional. Now I'm waiting to give it the benefit of the doubt because if this was a way to turn Bianca into a, a, a mega baby face. I'm with it. I'm with it. Hey, Mia Koopa, I, I misjudged this thing. I don't, I personally, I don't think anyone here is convinced that that is the case. But this is still salvageable for everyone involved, where everyone still looks good. It may end up with, with, with Bianca not getting the title back, but I think they weirdly made her more sympathetic now. 
a lot more sympathetic. Yeah. Um, well, they succeeded so, in that. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> I agree. But, but are, are it, you watching NXT? I'm I'm looking in the corner of my eye right now. Uh, Timothy Thatcher it's funny, and it's, yeah, it's funny they just showed a Rampage promo in the commercials for fucking. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. That's, that's, that's great marketing. That's good. Somebody, whoever's their ad person, there is brilliant. That's I'm two weeks curious. Long, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what happens to your if your NXT is now going this direction of more of a performance center. What's going to happen to a Timothy Thatcher? Because I would love to see him against Minoru Suzuki again in GCW if that happens. I've, wow. I've, because of Cardona, I've gotten into GCW. It's weird how that works. I was never a big Cardona fan to begin with. Then he does a, then he does some work with Nick Gage, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I guess I'll start watching again. Like, yeah, same. But, uh, but no, you know, all it it it's it's salvageable with Bianca. It really is. And this is just me being optimistic, judging WWE on a WWE scale. The problem is we're all broken by Vince and his bad decisions because we saw what he did with Karrion Cross. Can you get that one right? So I, I, we saw what I he am, did with Lee. And yeah, they. And side note, thankfully Keith Lee is doing fine and healthy. Yep, that yeah, is thank very God. important to know. Thankfully, Look, thankfully, he's doing healthy. Vince Vince understands he needs an African American star. He saw the money he made with The Rock, just someone of color, and he saw the money he made. He understands he he may not understand race relations. He understands green relations. He understands money. <laughs> What's up, my nigga? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but like, oh man, he, Bianca's money. Bianca's money. As she she shits money. She gets you on that red carpet as much as Charlotte Flair does, and he understands that. And 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 listen, so does AEW. Jay Cargill is a star in the making. She's raw. She's kind of where Bianca was a couple of years ago in NXT. Very very raw talent. But I I think the business is changing where everyone sees green. And listen, someone like me is going to. I bought I bought my little nephew, my two year, my one year old nephew, a Latino Heat shirt. He's half Filipino, half Latino. I'm like, Latino heat. You know what I mean? Um, everybody wants to see someone like them up there, whether it's LGBT representation like Dakota Kai, whether it's African-American representation like, you know, like uh, Bianca Belair, whether it's, you know, uh, someone like Rey Mysterio or someone like myself. We all want to see that. And I think Vince is starting, it took a while, but it, Vince is starting to see the value in that. Uh, with Roman it's Reigns. Crazy to say, it's crazy to say starting when the New Day has been your top merch sellers for close to a decade, probably maybe a little less. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's it's crazy, but I'm, and then I, know. And I I like I like how you said I'm gonna throw it to you, Lou. But I like how you just you didn't mention Lashley because I just learned on his Broken Skull sessions he's Panamanian. Yeah, Yo, he is out. over. I thought it was just me. Man, is that that dude is over with fans and good for him. Absolutely. The work he did, no one saw the work he did in TNA with Drew Galloway, uh, Drew, um, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew Galloway. And they did great. You know, Impact gets a bad rep, and, and, and that's Dixie Carter's fault. She did that to herself. And there's really some really great programming going on right now in Impact. I can't emphasize that enough. I really, really love seeing Jay White on American television. Um, 
But yo, Lashley is finally getting Lashley has become that champion that McMahon envisioned when he had him headlining WrestleMania with uh Donald Trump back in the day. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So right. but know, I just like, mentioned him. I mentioned him because like I said you mentioned black athletes, he's black, but I didn't yeah. realize he's Panamanian. I, I did not realize that. that either. I did not know that until I listened to his broken skull sessions after uh after SummerSlam and mm-hmm. I, it made me like to do more because, I mean, I already liked him, but to to have learned so much more about him on that shit, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm definitely a fan. But we lost Lou. He'll be back because he had some choice things to say about the the that angle. And <laughs> yeah, I just it was it was soul crushing. And it, it, not really soul crushing. It was literally just like a throw your hands up, and it got people to stop watching. Like mm-hmm. people legitimately tuned out of that pay per view and was done for the rest of the night. Didn't care what the hell else happened. Yeah. Just because it was done so sloppily, that was that was the issue. And let me get Lou back up in here so he could express his opinion. But the point that it was done so sloppily, Lou, was the hugest problem, the biggest problem within that event. You know, within that match overall. Again, like everybody, you know, at this point, we've been watching wrestling over 30 years, so we like to play armchair booker, right? So why is it that when something like that happens, me, for instance, can come up with an idea literally in two minutes that is a thousand times better than what just happened, like on screen? Like, I think sometimes they do things just so that they have a clip that they can put together in a replay package to play on Raw. Like when you watch Monday Night Raw and they show like that stop motion fucking replay of what happened last night and, you know, they stop right before the slam happens and you just hear Michael go, oh, 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 it's like, I think they do shit just to get those clips so that they can replay them on their later shows because it's like, why would you, so Becky Lynch supposedly was supposed to come back like for the draft. She wasn't supposed to come back for SummerSlam. She was supposed to come back later. They rushed up the bring back for this show for whatever reason, whether it's what happened on Friday or for I don't know what. Hype bomb in the room. Yeah, you can you can go online and you can find that. That's that's no bullshit. They they brought her up early. But it's like, why would you the whole thing they did was like asinine. Like, what was the purpose of even bringing Carmela out? For why? Why did you bring her out there? There was no reason to do that. Even if whatever, whatever happened with Sasha Banks, bring out Bianca, then say Bianca is unable to compete because whatever. But she has a new challenger or she has a, there's another competitor or you don't even have to say anything. Just hit Becky's music and bring her out. Like, you, if you wanted to bring Becky back, just do that. Like, there was no need to have Carmella, and they were both standing there all awkward and shit. The crowd was completely fucking dead for Carmella, completely dead. They were just because they like, were annoyed. They were annoyed because we were going to see Carmella for the fifth time in a row, and yeah. and I think that's why they brought. I think that's why they brought her out was kind of like bring your crowd down to bring them back up. Okay, great. I understand you're trying to work the crowd. Um, that's why you brought Carmella. I, I felt bad for her because now she's lost in the shuffle again. Um. You kind of sacrifice her for like and Bianca. It's like 
three careers got destroyed at one 20 second like squash match. Like, because <laughs> Carmel is not bad. She's pretty good. You need mid Carters. You need your Dolph Ziggler's in there. You do. Like, just. And so I kind of see why they brought Carmella. It's just, it was deflating. But it, it, again, it ended up in a deflating note. Now, again, salvageable. Good. As any writer can fix something like this, there's, there's a lot to work with there that you can fix it. It's just a matter of whether creative and McMahon are going to fix it. They may decide this reaction was good. I I don't know. I can't tell what the whims of this, this you know. I, I don't even like fantasy booking. I shouldn't even be have to be fantasy booking. Why am I doing your work, Vince? <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. But no, it, it, it took the air out of the whole event. I, you know, it really like did. Like I was expressing, Lou, you, you, I didn't get to it, but because I was saving it for you to say, but you mentioned you almost checked out of the pay-per-view completely after that. Yeah, I was, like, almost done. Like, after that shit happened, I was just kind of like, dude, why would you, like, do this, bro? Like, you made Bianca look like shit with that. Like, one fucking elbow to the chin and a urinagi finishes you off. Like, that made her look like shit. Like, if if you... So, if, if Becky wasn't ready to have a match... Like, I'm assuming that's why they did that. She hit two moves and she won the match. I'm assuming they did that because, you know, she wasn't ready to go out there and, and give a five, ten-minute match because she's just coming back. She's not ready. And if they called her up early, that makes even more sense. But, dog, like, <laughs> if she's not ready, why even have her do that shit? Just have her come up, hit her music, let her hit the ring, let her make a challenge, and leave it at that. Like, you don't have to take the belt off Bianca yet. If you want to wait and take it off of her, okay, wait a week or two or three and let her fucking take the belt off of her, and then they can have a program. Like, I, I just, right. I don't understand this shit. I, I don't get it. That's why, like I said, it's it's almost like if they do these things so that they can get the Michael Cole or whoever's announcing over-the-top reaction to shit so that they can put it into clips play them on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. It's 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 like almost and to your point, not just Raw and SmackDown, but those clips are going to go viral on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, and and that's yeah. that's as much as part of this. But again, it goes back to the pipe bomb in the room. That's why I frame it that way. The guy who stole uh, yeah. the weekend, because uh, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think they make this knee jerk reaction if 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 someone up in management didn't see how good. That was as perfect a return as you could possibly make without actually being in the ring. Uh, even the interruption with Darby Allen, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it didn't, it didn't steal from the moment at all. Um, hell, he put over Britt Baker. The first thing he did was put over Britt Baker. And I think, I think the competition saw that and got a little nervous for the first time. I think yeah, and again, and it goes back to, not to side oh. note back to not to uh, excuse me, but not to side note back to AEW again yeah. and why they got it right. But here's why they got it right. <laughs> they led the show off with it. In Chicago, remember, this is the man's hometown. They led the show off with it because if they knew if they saved it to the end, it didn't matter what we've seen in those other matches, we would have heard. CM Punk, CM Punk. All night. Here's long. a 
fuck is CM Punk till the end of the show? Would have ruined the rest of the card. You got and, it out of the way and let the other matches, which were all phenomenal matches too, by the way, even with Cargill's uh, squash, quick squash of uh, of Kiera Hogan, who got signed by Andy. That was Cake, cake Mania 2021. <laughs> but you know what? But you know what, though? They they did, Jade Cart again, that's knowing knowing your chess pieces. It's something I always stress about when I've worked in politics and journalism, whatever it is in life. Know your chess pieces. Someone like Jade Cargo has not been in front of a live audience yet outside of, say, Dark or uh, what's the other? What's the other? Evelation. Elevation. So, yeah. She hasn't really been in front of a crowd. She hasn't worked in front of a crowd. She's really worked in front of empty arenas. I don't know how someone like her still learning the game would have reacted to the CM Punk chance. They did her a huge favor by getting mm -hmm. it out, getting the, the pipe bomb out of the room in a way. And look, Jay Cargo doesn't need a lot of time. What she needs is more ring time and being in front of an audience now. So her yep. squashing is much. I love Kara Hogan. I, you know, as far as I talk about my fuzzies awards, I'm 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 starting a women's tag team division this year, and to me, Fire and Flavor are my women's tag team champion of the year. Uh, they've been a lot of fun to watch. It was sad watching them break up, but business is business. Kira's now in AEW, which I think is great for her. Um, Kira's actually in NWA. Oh yes, yeah. So I, I think knowing your chess pieces, could you imagine someone like Cargo trying to deal with those CM Punk chants while she's still trying to learn her crap? It's not going to work. Mm, trying to build right. her up. Yeah. Before so, we say it, it, we're going to segue back to the WWE, but mm -hmm. they're also properly placing Cargill too. They're not trying her out there every single week. She might be cutting a promo on one of the shows every single week to keep y'all engaged and to let y'all know she's still there. But mm -hmm. when they bring her out, they bring her out at the right moments to continue to win streak also to keep that win streak up, but it's perfectly picking the spots to let her display her talent. Because that match against Red Velvet, great job. Mm -hmm. Even though I think the one thing she did was a little bit too much posing in the crowd and all that, and that was when it was the limited crowd reaction crowd in Jacksonville. But once she really gets into having to work fully, more than playing to the crowd, then we're going to start seeing her more and more and more eventually. But they're working her properly. But what they didn't work properly, again, the Becky, Bianca <laughs> situation, it's done. And they know better. My, and they know better. They I, know yeah, better. I'm sure they do. I hope they do. My other bad, unfortunately, was the other women's match. I am done, personally, with this girl... Ah, damn, Alexa Bliss. No, no. Oh, to oh me, that women's God. match. Oh, that was, I forgot about because that. Oh that women's match, that women's match to me was the match of SummerSlam, personally to me. That three-way was the match of SummerSlam. But Yeah, that was a great match. That Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie match was literally a throwaway. That match Bro, she was can't do anything like that. She can't, I don't understand it. Okay, I get it. She's hot. She's very, very fucking hot. I get it. But she can't do anything in the ring. Why is she having a match? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. And now it's like completely done. It's over. Now she's moving on to Charlotte. Eva Marie wasn't even on fucking Raw, as far as I remember. I don't uh, remember. She was. No, she was. 
Oh, she attacked. She attacked Dewdrop with the cart thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So she was on Raw. So I guess she's gonna be so, with her, her so-called friend now. But it's like, bro, she can't wrestle. Like, why? Why? So the wife is gonna smirk when I say this because I'm about to put her over Eva Marie, <laughs> and probably stealing her talking points. I'm dead ass. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying because she loves fantasy booking. She's a huge wrestling fan. She loves fantasy booking. I'm gonna steal her point about Ava Marie. If we treat Ava Marie like she's a mouthpiece for someone like Dewdrop, if we treat her like she's a manager, a Jim Cornette cowardly type in there to take bumps, which that's the one thing she can do right is take bumps. If that's what's gonna be her role, I'm okay with that. And you know, you'd have Cornette trot it out there. In a against or Bobby Heenan, everyone remembers stuff Bobby Heenan in a weasel, you know, match, whatever. Man, Cornette it, fell it, off it, a scaffold for the for the sport. Yes, right. <laughs> a bump machine, a bump machine. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna give her a pass if I'm gonna grade this on a WWE curve. And I know the wifey's gonna see this and just be like, You stole my idea. Yeah, damn right I did. <laughs> this is a 50-50 partnership. <laughs> she steals the paycheck. I steal the ideas. This is how this there works. You go, like, there you go. But like, it, it, if we're gonna do it, judge it on a WWE scale. I'm gonna be fair to the young lady and be like, okay, it was a throwaway match. It was your bathroom match in a long, long pay per view. If anyone's ever been to any of these pay per views, I've been to Mania where it's like a seven hour show. You need a bathroom match. If that was, I think it's more of a waste of time for Alexa than for Ava. But if this helps, because now I'm interested in Dewdrop. I'm not going to lie. I had to look her up to see her indie work. And I'm like, okay, there's something there. Yeah, and maybe like she her. needed this. There's, there's, maybe she needed that mouthpiece, that annoying mouthpiece to introduce her to someone like me. And so I'm going to give Ava the benefit of the doubt and, and treat it as what it was, a throwaway match for the crowd to go to the bathroom. I, I'm not gonna get as as hyped up about it as like the Bianca, if that makes sense. Well, I'm and I'm I'm ready to throw away Alexa Bliss's gimmick because it's it's honestly it it fit as the counterpart as the as the uh, Harley Quinn to uh, to to the Fiend. It it fit then, but now, what's left with it? Unless they're going to allow Nikki to continue with the ASH thing or ASS, depending on how you want to put it, but (laughs) Nikki ASH uh, gimmick, like that's the only sensible thing, in my opinion, left for that Alexa Bliss demented demon like character, like go against the superhero character. You're, the, the WWE right now is in a mode where they're kind of more for the kids than for us. Give the kids that and then get it eventually. They're Sell not- some dolls. Sell some dolls because obviously that's what you're in for. And then get it with that. Which the doll, it looks ugly as hell. But I found it cool that the teeth were little skulls, if you didn't notice that. <laughs> but, but other than that, like that was, to me, those were the two worst moments of SummerSlam. And the two worst moments of the wrestling weekend as a whole. The I'm, gonna good. End up, I'm gonna end up. I'm gonna end up buying one of those fucking dolls. Watch, so I can have some like <laughs> WWE. I'm gonna end up buying one of those fucking dolls. So I can have like a little WWE stuff like on camera when I start doing like like shit. Watch, it's gonna happen. You gotta, you gotta get that. You gotta get that. You gotta find Papa Shango 
And uh, and yo, did, side note, another side note. You realize how they brought back all the black ooze from Papa Shango with Alexa Bliss too, right? Yeah, they had to take. They had to use it somewhere, right? They're saving it up from freaking nineteen eighty nine or whenever it was. But uh, yeah, get rid of that but shit. The good. I think we're all almost united on the great. But the good of this weekend, to me, to the moon, getting the, the million dollar belt. Outstanding match. I wish, I do wish, I do wish, but we all know if Vince didn't create it, it doesn't count. If LA Knight was just still Eli Drake. The LA Knight logo and shit is whack to me, but I like that dude as a wrestler, as a character, as a mouthpiece on the mic. He can be money. That was a good. Edge versus neck. A very good, and Ed, you don't know. I call Seth Rollins Neck Rollins because I was wondering. I was wondering why he called Neck Rollins. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask the last show. Where the fuck did that come from? Where did Neck? I I made I made that up years ago because of the length of his neck. Look at it. (laughs) The length of his neck. Okay. (laughs) Just look at his. He just looks like one long ass neck with a face on it. That's why I call him Neck Rollins. (laughs) But that was a very good. And and then um, I I you said you don't like the two out of three falls thing. I like it because I liked it because it it brought it brings back an old school element of wrestling, territory days yeah, wrestling cool. element of wrestling. O'Reilly and Cole, I like that match a lot because I like Kyle O'Reilly a lot. The, There's something think, about that kid honestly, that he will thrive in the big time. He's perfect. Not to, not to interrupt you, but I think the problem yeah, with those matches that it followed Walter and 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 Ila Dragono, and they were trying to match that physicality, Hello. and they just kind of they were matching. They were having physical match, but they were kind of like trying to match that physicality, yeah. and it just wasn't. It wasn't the same. If you remember, we timed that match in the group chat. I got twenty six minutes. I think we Oof. needed a mental cool down, so the time length was kind of fitting. We kind of needed a yeah, mental cooldown after I, that. I don't. I didn't have a problem with the the length of the match because I think the last match they had was like forty fucking minutes, and we were like, dude, towards <laughs> the end of that match, we were like, okay, bro, come on, let's fucking get to the finish, Jesus. Like it, that was way you, too long. So I think the time for this one was fine. It's just while you're on it, though, give your give your goods too. Uh, my goods for the weekend. So. For some reason, obviously, we don't want to keep beating people in the head with the Walter Ilya Dragunov match. That's a, if you haven't watched that and you want to watch one thing from this weekend, go watch that match. Because that's that why shit, I think the great there's a, section. <laughs> there's a video. There's a video that somebody put on Twitter, and it's of uh, Ilya Dragunov where he, he's hanging onto the ropes and he has his back exposed, and Walter chops him in the back. Bro, they played it in slow mo. And when you when he gets chopped, bro, it sounds like if a shotgun went off in the in the in the bro, it's that is a crazy clip. But um goods as far as the weekend go with the with the matches, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't I didn't really want Charlotte to win, but that three way match was a fucking really good match. It was a quick, fast paced match that you had all the girls had offense. Nikki actually had offense. She didn't look like a dumbass. 
you know, they, they, I think they had a super solid match, and it was one of my favorite matches from the weekend. Um, Nick Rollins and Edge killed it as far as the right from the opening, the entrance, the brute entrance, all the way through to the ending of the match where he's bashing his face into the mat and putting him in that, him in that sleeper. Great match. Um, and I even enjoyed the, um, Cena, you know, Roman Reigns match. It was a, it was, it wasn't great, but it was a good match. It was, it was good. It was entertaining. It, it went the way it should have gone. Obviously Brock Lesnar coming out was fantastic, but, um, the top, top, top thing for me this weekend is just Walter. And we're saving Walter that for the great Adrian. part. That's why I went bad, good, and the great part. We're gonna, we'll get into that. We'll oh yeah. That. We keep touting it all show, Ed, but we'll get back into yeah, it. But it's uh, just that good, man. Like I said, that the women's three way is in my great, but props to Nikki because she held her own throughout that whole match, and her offense was all crisp and on point. Yeah, and people who who I know there's a contingent of people out there who hate Charlotte. Listen, Charlotte is fucking phenomenal. Like I'm not the biggest fan of her character or whatever, and the fact that she's gotten all these title reigns is that's not up to me. I'm not the booker, but she's fucking great in the ring, man. That that moonsault from the top rope that she did. There's not a lot of people, male or female, who can do that kind of shit. And she's her figure eight looks dope. She's really good, man, especially when she's motivated. And she's motivated, she's her matches end up being great. So I just uh, props oh, to Charlotte, I, bro. I, yeah. I think she's the standard bearer when it comes to women's wrestling, just to be honest with, with you. With Charlotte, and she's I may have to put her for the fuzzies. She's in my top three for female wrestler of the year. Um I think the people that hate on Charlotte are the same people that hate on LeBron. And hate on Messi, and hate on um, whatever great, or hate on Serena. Like, there's just certain people that are so good at their craft. Hate Mayweather. Look, I hate Mayweather too for a variety of reasons. You will never hear me say a bad thing about that man's skill sets in the ring. Charlotte's like that, in that she is wonderful to watch. She makes her opponents look great. Um, so what she wins a lot. So at her dad, I don't hear you complaining about her dad winning 19, 20, 30 titles or whatever it is. Yeah. Get over it. Like that's that's how it is. And she 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 merits being a ace or or you know top talent. So at with Nikki, I don't think she gets enough. I've been I've been touting Nikki since she was a part of uh what was that group with Eric Young and NXT Sanity. It's not called Sanity. 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 Yes. Sanity. I've been touting the awesomeness of Nikki. Even after Sanity left for the main roster and they left Nikki behind, I don't know if y'all saw the work, the comedy work that she did with Chiampa was hilarious where she was trying to be Chiampa's best friend outside of Goldie when he was doing the whole Goldie shtick. And she had some mm -hmm. great matches with Shayna Baszler and she had some great matches with Bianca because she's of that Oscar. generation. She had, a, she had a match with Asuka on TakeOver. That was she's crazy. phenomenal. She's a bump machine that doesn't get enough respect and doesn't get a chance to put an offense out there because she's dealing with Aria Ripley, who is better. I'm not going to as much as I like Nikki Cross. Ripley's oh, better. Man. And and, and oh. so, yes, yes, she is. And and so Charlotte. So, I, you know, I'm glad that Nikki got to show up. I thought that's one of my goods of, 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 of the weekend. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think she, Nikki gets enough respect. And, yeah, like I said, it, you look, I hate – 
Cristiano Ronaldo too. I'm a messy guy, but you're not gonna hear me disrespect. See, oh, he's a bum. No, that that's that's like the prettiest man in the world. No, I'm not into dudes, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not <laughs> like, come on, that dude's like whole life is perfect. Like, you know, hate on that. Hate on him being perfect. I have a reason to hate the man. <laughs> like, it's not his soccer skills, because like, but. But my yeah. point is, it's you know, I think people that get mad at Charlotte, like they just don't believe in fun or, or yeah, rewarding I, success. To add on that, to add on that, and before you give your goods, your other goods, is I, I think the hate with Charlotte is people feel that she was forced upon us, just like how Roman was being forced upon us, suffering succotash era. Sure. Yeah, you know, that's and that's the best, the easiest way I could put it. It kind of mirrored. They kind of mirror each other. Suffering, but, suck at that. But one but sometimes it works. But yeah, but Charlotte, even suffering, sacrifice never works. Nah, but <laughs> even opposed to Roman, is a far better worker than Roman Reigns. Maybe with the exception of right now, because that damn head of the table gimmick. Which eventually is gonna have to slow down sometime soon. But uh, you know what though? But I, no, that head of, Roman, the head no, of the Roman, table is, make, Roman is dope, perfect. man. The head I, of the table. I was I was gonna say this in my good, and I'll let you go first. I apologize, but I no, I, I, I think Roman no, gets ahead. no you're, respect. It's on your good. It's on your good. Roman gets no respect. And I've been saying this since almost about four years ago. When you go to live shows. Fans and not just kids. Fans really get when he does a oh, the whole crowd pops, like it's money, and and everyone talks about his matches. We're not talking five moves, John Cena from back in the day. Yo, he went good thirty minutes with Brock freaking Lesnar, like you know Brock. It's this isn't original Brock. This original recipe where he could go like a good thirty or forty. He gets very blown now. But he's older now. He's you know he's, he's earned. He's a beast. He can, or he's earned the right to be whatever. But like he put some good. If you mute those WrestleMania main events, take the crowd out. And I say this having been live at the New Orleans WrestleMania when they fought. If you shut that crowd up and just focus on the work in the ring, Roman Reigns is very very talented and doesn't get the respect that he's due. He might be as good as Nick Rollins. He's definitely better than Dean Ambrose. And nobody wants to say it because Ambrose is over. That's just the fact. Oh, I'm talking about in the ring, and I'm, I'm talking about in the ring. So I'm sorry, Moxley. I keep it's a habit. It's a worst <laughs> habit. But <laughs> but like you know, I I think there's again he's he's I wouldn't say it's with Messi or Charlotte. He's more like KD. You just want to find a reason to hate on that right, man. Right, right. Okay. I give you that. I give you that. I don't. I don't dislike him personally. I don't. I don't. It's just a lot of fans felt like he was being force fed to us. Like Vince is like Vince is putting them out there, putting them in these he things. Was. And and he, you know, as you mentioned, yeah. go get a, it's that was the thing I wanted to mention when you mentioned Vince saying Vince's thing is go get yourself over. But yet he doesn't put people in the proper positions to get themselves over in some cases. But yeah, it was go, go, get yourself out of there, go, go. And it was just like the fans at the time was like, we don't want this. We don't want this. Not saying this is tied to him, but it's the reason why they eventually had to give us Daniel Bryan champion because we didn't want 
Batista. We didn't want some of those guys. The people wanted Daniel Bryan at the time. You had to listen to the crowd. Yeah. Roman, they would, it just felt like many a times it didn't matter what the crowd said. This is what he wanted. This is what he was giving you. Shut up and eat your peas. You know, yeah, that's, what, I mean, that's people, what I mean by that. That's what I mean by that. Like, I personally, yeah. I like Roman. I do like Roman Reigns. It's just that's how it felt in that era back then when everybody, not everybody, but a great majority of people felt like he was being forced down our throats. Yeah, a lot of people who, these people, will, and I and I completely agree with you. Yeah, they, it, there is an issue of him being forced down our throats for a lot of years. But, yo, these people that say that Roman Reigns sucks or he can't wrestle or any of that, yo, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, bro. Because I've never, I've never seen Roman Reigns have a bad match. Yeah, that either. I can remember, that I can remember, name me a bad Roman Reign match. Dude, that dude, those matches that he had with AJ Styles, bro, there was a moment in one of those matches where AJ jumped onto the fucking to do the Styles Clash elbow, and on the other side of the ring, Roman's doing the Superman punch. Bro, it looked like a fucking comp, like some comic book shit. Like, it was incredible, bro. They Both of them came up at the same time. They both, it was, those matches were phenomenal. And Roman, you know, he's not out there doing, you know, dives and Topi Suicidas and, you know, he's but not, he's not Kenny Omega. He'll never moves. be, he'll yeah, never be Kenny he's Omega. Not out there doing all that wild shit, you know what I'm saying? And he's not Bret Hart, but, yo, his matches are always entertaining. He doesn't get blown up. He's got fucking all kind of stamina, pause. He's, he's fucking great. I think Roman Reigns gonna, is awesome. I'm going to say something controversial a little bit. He's, American Okada without the dropkick. Mm. Strong style, entertaining match, never really a boring match, can adapt to whoever's around him, makes other guys like a million bucks. He just doesn't have the prettiest dropkick like Okada. He's a, and Okada's a horse. I don't know if you've ever seen him up close. Uh, yo, it, it's like a real life drag. Him and Nabushi are like real life Dragon Ball Z characters. They are <laughs> horses. And 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 I, I, fe I almost feel like Okada is bigger than Reigns. In some ways, I think he's taller than Reigns, and so he's American Okada. I'm, I'm, I'm a die on that hill. I'll probably say this on my own podcast with Fuzz. Everyone loves Okada. I, I've yet to meet someone who hates Okada. Whether it's his look, they see him on TV for the first time. Everybody loves Okada. Reigns doesn't get that love for whatever reason, but he's as good a worker as Okada. Maybe he's not going to give you 50 minutes like Okada, but you know, cancer will do that to you. Like, shoot, he's, he's, he's. He's a CML guy. Like, it's such a rare cancer. I have family members with it, so I'm very empathetic to what he goes through. Um, I don't think people realize the level of, of, of energy that he's using being a cancer patient which or, with oral um, pills for for to treat his, his leukemia and then do a 30 with John Cena out there. That's that's Okada-esque. I don't care what anybody says. Like, that's, but that's just me. That's the pacing. That that after this point, I want you to give your good so we can get to the great and get out of here. But that speaks to his pacing currently. If watch him in the ring, what you just said right there, it says a lot to his pacing in the ring. Even though this pacing in the ring also is goes with the character, mm -hmm. the boss, the head of the table, the what you like a parent talking to you type mm -hmm. of style, like. It actually fits real life if you think about what you just mm -hmm. said. It fits real life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and, you know, 
Um, no, the good is is I was gonna say Reigns Reigns and Cena was pretty good. I, I thought it was a pretty solid main event for what it was. Gave me a nice little swerve at the end. Uh, I went home happy after that horrible taste in my mouth with the whole Bianca affair. Um, you know, I I I think it kind of salvaged the show. I, I think he was the best part, and I, it goes back to what I'm saying, like, you know, if if you know, he's like KD, like we find reasons to hate people sometimes. KD is special, and I'm biased Nets fan. I I understand that, but KD is special, and I understand he can be thin skinned. With trolls and social, this you know, just like suffering succotash gave you reasons to be like, ah, oh, this guy. But if you strip that all away and just look at the body of work for what it is, like, I, you know, there's a reason he's the head of the table. There's a reason he headlines. Absolutely. Just but saying. now the great, I think we all unanimously decided, Walter Dragunov. That to me <laughs> became the moment of the weekend over the CM Punk thing over everything I watched that first match before I think I've seen it maybe once or twice and I was just like I understand why it was match of the year then I haven't seen a ton of Walter in the ring but what I've seen I love that style of professional wrestling I always have but holy shit Holy shit. And and to kick it off, to, I mean, the topper, the topper and Ed, then I'll, let, I'll throw it back to you for this one. And Lou, you close it out. But the topper is they ended a 800, what was it? 851 days. I think it's 870 or 851. I think 851 day streak of being the champion. That says a lot to... That's- Walter's caliber of 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 a person and and a a ring general. <laughs> I mean, it, it says what they, they what they believe in, how much they believe in this man to have been the top dog in NXT UK. Hats off! Right now, match of the year, and then after everybody goes on this. Then we'll just give a quick top three, top four, five, whatever of matches of the year. We'll just read them off, and because I'm, I'm kind of formulating mine in my head. Excuse me, even though that became number one for me, Ed. Um, I, I mean, really, what more can you say about Dragonov? I, I didn't think they could top the first one. They absolutely did. Uh, we talked about fan service. I think there was a sense of fan service, even if you're not familiar with their work in the NXT UK you got the sense that this is a man who's been building up for this moment, for this rematch with Walter again. Um, by the way, how much of a shot caller have you got to be that you can choose when you come to America to come apply your trade? That's some shot caller baller move by Walter. And that's how good of a talent he is that neither Vince nor uh, Triple H can be like, hey, bring your family. Yo, he's got his family in, 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 in Europe that he's very happy with. He can travel back and forth to England. Um, he'll make a couple of trips here. And honestly, if they cut him for whatever budget reasons, that man is not starving because that man will go to GCW and go face Minoru Suzuki. And then he'll go to uh, AEW and beat up on Miro. Oh, you want some two big cats? You can catch it in Impact too. So that man will never starve. He's going to be fine with a strong style. Um, but I do want to make an honorable mention for great. 
I know WWE doesn't emphasize tag team wrestling, but God damn it, are the Usos so good. God damn it, we need to see Bucks versus Usos somewhere in the near future in my lifetime. That's, I, I, again, going out on a limb, kind of a hot take. To me, Usos versus Bucks would be on par of when Hogan faced Flair for the first time. Where your wrestling geeks were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is a dream match I've been wanting to watch for a long time. I, I thought, and I because they're both, they were both, Hogan and Flair were out of their prime at the time. So we're probably going to get this in their prime too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get them out of their prime too. But like, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I think. I, I think I love the Mysterios as a tag team. I, I'm a, I'm a big sucker. I've always been a big sucker for Ray going back to the ECW days uh, when he was doing like bringing Lucha to to this audience that is into blood and guts. Philly audiences are into blood and guts, and he just wowed him with this Lucha style. So I, I thought that it's on that kind of tweener, like between good and great. I, I I go back and forth. I have some biases. I admit that I got to own whether it's the Mysterios or the Usos. I don't think the Usos get enough respect. Some of it is their own fault. You know, they have def- uh, self-destructive tendencies that they probably need to address. Not my place to, you know, but personal demons, as, as it seems like. But um, I would say that as my honorable mention for great. Uh, the Usos don't get enough respect. And, and Hell yes. Yeah. I mean, what more can I say? Go ahead, Lou. Uh, you want me to what? Give top five? No, the great, the great. Uh, if you got any more oh, to add great. into the great conversation. Oh, oh the, the great is, is Walter and Ilya Dragunov. <laughs> that was the fucking, <laughs> that was the match. Obviously, obviously, let's just say that that was the match of the weekend, if not the match of the year. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed I always enjoy the Usos when they are on top of their game and they're together. I was so happy to see um, them come back. Like, you know, uh, Jay Uso being the right-hand man was, it was fine and it made perfect sense. But seeing the two of them come back together and, and wrestle in the tag team, even though, you know, WWE tends to not really give a shit about their tag team wrestling. But mm-hmm. the Usos usually always come out and they, they kill it. They always kill it. Um, and I love their, I've, I've, I wasn't the biggest fan of them when they were doing like the haka and all that shit with the face paint, but dude, once they yeah. started this Uso penitentiary shit, like, bro, I, I, I was drawn to them when they started doing that shit. So it just they were fantastic. Again, that that women's three way match was phenomenal. Um, I really enjoyed the Cameron Grimes match. I didn't think it was anything out of this world, but I, you know, I thought it was a very very solid match. I did enjoy it, and. Uh, Honestly, I really think anything else I've covered. Um, but as far as great, yeah, we already know who who's holding up the trophy for that one this weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, we kind of ran its course on that the whole show because we couldn't. We it was like we couldn't all couldn't wait to just yeah. say something throughout the whole conversation <laughs> about it. But top five matches of the year, I'll throw mine out there first. This one is clear, the clear-cut number one to me. Number two, I, I, I had to rethink this one and readjust because I forgot about what my real number two is. But number two, at first, I thought was what I just watched that happened two weeks ago. I just watched it right before SummerSlam. 
Omega versus Andrade in Triple Mania, but that is not my number two. Number two was Sasha and Bianca for multiple, multiple reasons. Number three, Ed, you reminded me of the Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, which I love, absolutely love Thunder Rosa. She's phenomenal in the ring and just keeps getting better week in and week out. That's my number three. And then I can only really stop at four because I don't have a fifth is the Omega versus Andrade in, in, um, in, in Triple Mania. That match right there, every everything about that, two of probably two of the best in the world. I, I to me right now, Kenny Omega is absolutely the best in the world. Is absolutely the best in the world. Like that dude can do anybody's style at any time, regardless of what you thought of the uh, the exploding barbed wire sparkler match, which got me to cough up fifty dollars because I was oh, yeah. a big fan of deathmatch wrestling. Like mid '90s deathmatch, uh, Big Japan, you know, Big Japan, FMW. I was that kind of guy. I was that guy that was running out to Manhattan and buying, uh, buying those tapes of freaking like the cactus, cactus deathmatches <laughs> and the uh, piranha deathmatches and my man Matsunaga and Mr. Pogo and and all of them cats. Like that was that era stuff. Whatever you think about what Kenny pulled off, which was a great story when it was done because the way that they accepted the clowning and wrote it into storyline in a way and, and how they worked it after it worked out fine. But Andrade Omega was my number four. Who wants to go? So uh, I think obviously that's a good again, one right there too. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a good yeah, one. That was a fucking great match. That was a great match. But I, I so you know, again, Walter and Ilya Dragunov, those both those matches. Um, it's funny when I was watching the, the the recent one, about maybe five six minutes into the match, I was like, all right, this is good, but I don't think it's gonna top the the that first match at all. And then I don't know when the 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 switch got flipped in that match because all, all of a sudden I was just into that match like big time, and it just it completely lived up to that first match. So I think for my top five, I'm going to bookend them with those two matches. I think the, the one without a crowd, I'm going to put in five. And then the one that we just had on the takeover show, I'm going to put at number one. Uh, Ed bringing up Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, people tend to kind of forget about that match because it's a few months ago, but fuck. What a match, man. What a match, dude. That that was floored by that. The next day, I think I watched that match twice back to back. Like I watched it, stopped it, and then I watched it again. Um, so I put that at number two. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and be an ROH mark and at Ring of Honor 19th anniversary, um, Flamita, Ray Horace, and Bandito had a three. I heard match. about that. I need to catch that when I heard Holy about that. Holy shit! That that's a Definitely go back and watch that match. That was a fucking, that was a fantastic match. That has to be in my top five. Um, and as far as one more, I guess I'm trying to think on the fly here. I'm trying to throw throw Adam Cole in here somewhere because I love him so much, but I can't really think of a match. So, um, <laughs> shit. 
off the top of my head, um, I can't really think. For some reason, PAC and Omega is coming up, but that wasn't this year. Um, Not, but it's coming up this year. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems inevitable there. You know what? The Young Bucks had a match uh, like a month ago with uh, – I can't even put it in my – if I can't remember the other team, I'm not going to put it in my top five. So I'm going to leave it at four because I really can't think of a, a fifth match. So I'm, I'm trying to jog in my brain because I, I watch way too much wrestling. Um, and I'm putting it in no particular order. Um, I'm just throwing spitballing out right now. Definitely Dragonaw versus Walter 2. Uh, that's there. Uh, I mentioned Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. That's up there with me. Um, I was scrolling through like some of my matches that I saw this year. Um, what was it? Uh, Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin for the NXT title at TakeOver. That ladder match was insane. Um, I really yeah. liked that match. Um, right now, my front runner, um, my other match, uh, my front runner, she's actually my front runner for Sorry Bianca. And blame the booking, but my my female wrestler of the year so far, Deanna Parasso, um, she had an excellent Iron Woman match with Jordan Grace on Impact on an Impact taping that nobody saw, both on TV or in the arena. That I highly, highly recommend. I think. I wonder why. <laughs> I I gotta watch that. With the thing with Deanna Parasso, she's female Kenny Omega, and no one's giving her respect. She's going to AAA. She wanted to beat the champion there. She's cleared out pretty much impact. They had to bring in Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa put on – that's another match I should probably put in there. Thunder Rosa versus uh, Deanna Parazzo. Like at one of the at, – uh, I think it was one of the pay-per-views. Again, she's putting on – her body of work is so much better than Bianca. And Bianca, it's unfortunate that she has to fight Carmella four times in a month. But I feel like that's what's holding her back. Um. Then, uh, obviously, for, uh, you know, uh, Bianca Belair versus Sasha, for obvious reasons, I think that there was a cultural significance to that that you just can't replicate. And my honorable mention of the year, I am a huge fan of Shingo Takagi. I'm glad they put the belt on him. They took it off Osprey somehow, although they're doing some cool stuff with that. If you get a chance to see Shingo Takagi versus um, uh, Ace uh, Tanahashi, it was a last-minute replacement for Ibushi at that Grand Slam a couple of months ago. Uh, it was supposed to be Ibushi versus Shingo. Uh, Ibushi got, uh, was it pneumonia or COVID or both all of the above? Uh, nowadays, I don't even know. Um, and wow. Shingo and, uh, and Tanahashi came in kind of as a last-week replacement. Do yourself a favor if you have New Japan, highly check it out. I, I, that's just a wonderful, strong, hard-hitting style. Um, but yeah, that that's so far. I try to go deep cuts and you know into the weed. I, I I'm really you know, I, right now it, it's for me the probably Thunder Rosa and and Britt and and Ilyanov, um, Walter too are like my, my two front runners right now. Hey, look, there's a little, there's still a lot left in the year. We don't CM Punk is I look. I do believe the hype that he's best in the world. He's got a great match coming up with Darby Allen. Uh, Alan Darby, sorry, I'm blanking. <laughs> I apologize. Um, you know, uh, I think we're going to see Andrade versus uh, Omega again in some capacity, whether it's an AEW ring or a AAA ring. Um, yeah. Look, Shout out to B-Rob in the comments because he mentioned that too. He said, he said after watching that, he's like, 
they're gonna have to run this back in the states. So yeah. I, I I think I see I think I see Kenny Omega losing the AAA in AEW. And and listen, there's a collision course. One of my favorite tag teams on the planet. There's a collision course between God Gorillas is Destiny. I love the Tongans, man. I'm still Bullet Club. I don't care if I am living in 2007. I'm still hardcore Bullet Club. They, they look, they they got to bump heads both with the Bucks and with Carl and Doc because there's this this bootleg club running around AEW claiming things they shouldn't be claiming. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. And look, we we were just speaking about Omega, a potential legit heat between Shay White, who's one of the most underrated wrestlers on the planet, against Kenny Omega for what could be potentially the the, the soul of the Bullet Club. That, that, you know, there's so much cool stuff happening right now. And even with WWE, I am curious what happens, what they're going to do with this Brock Roman Reigns thing. Not what I prefer, but I'm fascinated by it, you know? Same thing with Becky yeah. and Bianca. They can't they can't leave it at this. They got to fix that. I hope. <laughs> I hope, you know? Um... I'm more worried about NXT. That's that's my outlook right now. I'm a little bit more worried about the health of NXT, what it's going to become um, now that Vince has gotten spiteful with the whole thing. So that was always the best aspect of WWE, so I'm a little concerned about the future health of NXT. So see what happens. And you know what we're going to see right now happen? It's time for y'all to exit the mayor's office. So... <laughs> It's time to get out. Get the fuck out. Get walking. It's not the. I've leave. been kicked out. I've been kicked out of the city council chamber, so I'm used to being kicked out of high places. So. <laughs> but you don't have to leave hastily. You know what you got to do, Lou. I'll start off with you. You know what to do when we do the final shout outs. Yeah, man, Lou from the BX. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow the Everything Podcast on Instagram also, so you can get my podcast directly. The Everything Podcast Show.com is up and running. I'm still working on it. Forgive me, but you can find everything you need there. And uh, the Everything Podcast drops every Friday because I feel like I'm officially back. I think I'm officially back. It's been five consecutive weeks. I've hit my days. So uh, I'm thinking I'm back, like John Wick would say. <laughs> there you go. Ed? Um, uh, I'm co-host the Ed and Fudge Freak Show on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I wish we could do it more on a consistent basis. Like I said, uh, I go to the fan page on Facebook, Ed and Fuzz uh, Freak Show. Hopefully it's there. You'll see it. Uh, I don't know how these algorithms work. Like, I'm an idiot. So, um, But I do want to put over my boy, uh, Fuzzy Biscuits, my co-host, uh, DC in the house. He has an album on Spotify called Bar Rescue. If you're into kind of wrestling-centric hip-hop, uh, his influences are Griselda and M.O.P. He's of that school, you know. So, uh, you know, if you want to give it a shot, Fuzzy Biscuits, Bar Rescue. It's on Spotify and uh, iMusic and all those platforms. Highly, highly recommended. Funny-ass dude. I used to I used to be his Cheddar Bob when he would do the freestyle battles in Boston, so. Take that for what it is. So I was Cheddar Bob, just clumsy. As long as you, didn't, long as you didn't shoot yourself. Yeah. But that's but yeah. So uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. I truly appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Y'all, y'all know. Anytime y'all ever want to do this, we like our homeboy who's Facebook user right now, aka B Rob, with the wrestling is trash. Whenever y'all want to come into the mayor's office, and we can chop it up about just anything. 
right now, recently, the recent shows of The Office have been more wrestling-centric. Some of my old shows are spotlighting things like shit that's going wrong in football, or I went very personal and talked about my bout with depression and how I wanted to off myself at one time. So the mayor's office is just a place to just let it go, let it be vented. And this time we had to do it on professional entertainment or pro, you know, no, yeah, it was pro pro entertainment or sports wrestling, however you wanted to put it. We said a lot about that in the beginning, whether it's the, you know, we didn't want to shit on WWE, but we shit on WWE, but more from a critical place because we have it comes from love. Yeah, it's done from a place of love. Yes. It's because we're lifelong fans of this thing. If you see the shirt, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we love this shit, but we also want to see y'all get it right. And that's kind of how critical we got in the beginning. So shout out to Hollis. He mentioned us about, he mentioned talking about uh, Booker T, Barry and Punk. We talked about that heavy earlier. So go listen to, listen back to the show, the podcast to be up tomorrow um, on, on uh, the Star 5 podcast platforms. But if you want to get to the Star 5 podcast, I'm doing the B-Rob, my bad. You, you see this B-Rob, but that corner right there, where it says scan me, the QR code. Put your camera up to that now, and that will bring you to the Star 5 Podcast website. Dope. Of the wrong point, that QR code to the left of me, that will bring you, if you are watching on YouTube, put your camera up to that code, that will bring you to the Star 5 Podcast Facebook group. So you can join the Star 5 Podcast Facebook group. Ed's in there. We... Ed knows how we get down in there. It's a lot of fun, funny memes, a lot of sports topics, a lot of politics, because that's what we've been based off of. Sports politics, there's plus there's hip hop in there included. That's what I gotta start being for. nicer to people. It is what it is. Some people gotta learn the hard way, though. Some people gotta I, learn I, the hard way. I'll play nicer, I promise. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Because you you and the homie will be reading people as the writers y'all are, but I digress. But hit those two QR codes. There you go. I should have did that even better. <laughs> hit those two QR codes up in the corners. Join the Facebook group. Check out the StarFivePodcast.com for everything Star 5. And now I'll leave that with that last comment right there from the homie Hollis. <laughs> I swear I'll be nicer. I promise I'll play nice. I'll finish we out, y'all. Peace. We'll see Peace. y'all on the next episode. Peace.